Recorded live. Well, good morning, depending on where you are, everyone. It is April 2nd, 2015 already, and we are about to start episode 476 of the Everything is Energy show. This is your host, Judy Greeno, here as always to talk about the AIM program of energetic balancing with its developer, Stephen Lewis. Stephen is also the co-author of Sanctuary, the Path to Consciousness, which chronicles the decades of private practice and research that preceded the launch of his AIM program of energetic balancing. You can read all about that in the book. The, the history is fascinating and also highly informative um, to cover the basic concept of self-responsibility and how each of us use this AIM program to heal ourselves. So we highly recommend it. You can read a few chapters of it right on any of our websites, aimprogram.com, or your facilitator's website. You can order it on Amazon. It's available on Kindle, and you can get a six-CD set if you'd like that. You can get that through your facilitator's site or, again, aimprogram.com. As we begin, we want to remind our listeners that AIM Energetic Balancing is not medicine or what we tend to think of as traditional health care, and it does not diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure disease. EMC Squared's holographic spiritual technology helps you heal energetic imbalances in consciousness where everything is created and where all true healing occurs. Only you can heal you. AIM assists you in doing so 24-7. Imbalances in consciousness are what EMC Squared believes to be the predispositions or potentials for eventual negative manifestation unless healed by you. Once healed from your consciousness, Hereditary imbalances are gone for good and can neither manifest nor be passed on to offspring. Hence the phrase, become the first in the history of your family with no family history. Just as every individual is unique, every AIM participant's healing experience is unique to them. When discussing energetic imbalances, as we will be doing this morning, that have names that are the same as or that are similar to names of diseases, we work with and are talking about only energetic imbalances, not actual diseases. And we do talk about what these new hereditary frequencies that Stephen has found, we talk about the frequencies that they're similar to. So that's just an important (coughs) reminder. And lastly, as we do not perform any physical tests of any kind, we cannot and do not confirm or dispute any medical diagnosis. Stephen, good morning. Good morning, Judy. How are you this morning? I'm doing great, sir, and I, I, I already know in advance that we, that we get to start off this morning as we do so many <laughs> Thursday mornings by, uh, by hearing that you've been a busy little boy already this morning, so you've got something else that's going to go on the trays today. Oh, yeah, I've got one already, and I think that's, you know, we'll see what, what comes to pass during the rest of the day, but I have not even told Roberta, although... I would think that as of just that second, she heard about it, and uh, I'll give it to her right after the program. All right, that sir. being said, I think we, you and I went over it. There are a total of, including that new one, six imbalances to be discussed here. You know, yeah. I, I was thinking about when you said be the first history of your family, mm-hmm. you know, which was one of the lines I, I came up with, I liked it. Makes me suddenly realize, you know, should we, we should adopt as our icon, as our uh, our ideal. Mascot or ideal? Either way. Uh-huh. Who? Topsy. Who? You ever read Uncle Tom's Cabin? Wow. Long time ago. I don't have a memory like you have. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
Elaborate on that. <clears throat> no, no, no. Look it up, and uh, you'll you'll see what I mean. She has no family history. She's I just is. She's, she's topsy. Oh, okay. So, anyway, <laughs> um, that being said, yeah, I've been at work this morning and found a new imbalance. I knew it was there, uh, and uh, and I knew I'd find it. I could feel it. I could feel it in you know my hitchhiking apparatus and my thumbs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I picked up my coffee cup, and it was kind of like unstable in my hand. You know, when I woke up, and you know, because my thumbs hurt, and I went, "All right, that's like that's a very valid test for me, my coffee cup test. <laughs> if it doesn't feel right in my hands, you know, it's like." You know, I mean, I've got pretty strong hands, basically. Right, you used job. to be a gymnast, right? Yeah, I was a gymnast. I used to I used to work around in the rings a lot, so I was I used to hold an iron cross and just sit and talk when I was doing it. So my hands are pretty strong. Um, and when I can't hold a coffee cup, right, with any kind of certainty, there's a message there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And the message is, okay, let's take a look. And I did, and I found it. But for me, it's kind of easy. Well, I was going to say, too, just a real quick comment, that I'm always amazed, and we talked before about your muscle testing ability, but it's just your knowing. You've been doing this for so long. You're so good at it. And Lord knows you've checked yourself enough. But you always seem to have a knowing if there's something still to be found in you, even outside of your thumbs hurting. Well, the knowing isn't isn't mystical. I mean, it's paying attention mm-hmm. to what's there. Right. And uh, it, it's as simple as that to me. You know, you pick up your coffee cup, and I've got a, a pretty big, heavy mug. I kind of like the feeling of it, you know. <clears throat> uh, whereas often Eileen likes um, fine, you know, china porcelain. Um, I like a big, heavy bone mug. We're caricatures of male and female. And uh, so I know right, the signs are there if you pay mm-hmm. attention to them. Yep. And it's, it's, it's at every level, it's less mystical than you think because the more you do something, the better you get at it. Right. We talked so about that. So you're at a level that someone who doesn't do something at all thinks is miraculous. But it's just getting good, you know. It's like mm-hmm. that, you know, that old. Remember the old joke about a guy stops a, uh, in New York. He's a stranger, and he's, he stops someone. and He says, "Probably, can you tell me how to get to Carnegie Hall?" Remember that? Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and, and New Yorker goes, "Practice, man." Practice, practice, practice. practice. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's it's kind of like that. <clears throat> but you know, at some level. When you get good enough, practice will become right back and become mystical mm-hmm. because you are, at some level, you are entering into a different world of perception. You're entering into a different world of knowing, and it becomes a different level of consciousness, which is what everything is all about for the one billionth time. It's all about consciousness. Indeed. So that's uh, that is, I think, our brief introduction for today. But I think it's it's worthwhile. Yeah, I'm good sure. at what I do because 
I practice it all the time. <laughs> you know, it's 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 that simple. And well, it's like riding that. a bicycle because once you learn it, you don't forget it. All righty. Well, the last one we talked about with uh, with our listeners last Thursday, actually, you had just found three new ones. So we talked about those last week, and the last one we talked about was 8561. So we're ready to move on here with the six more. Okay, so let's take them. First of all, uh, there is frequency 8512. Um, let's see. I see who I found it. I'm not sure. And to simplify your life, I I believe all of these are of the Rickettsial classification, correct? I'm just looking to see that. Okay. Um, Let's see. Yes, well, 85.12 was the one that I found to be remarkably prevalent. Right. You actually found that on... Saturday, which was... Right. Now, I didn't find that in me. Here's my notes on that, okay. It wasn't found in me, but it felt kind of familiar to me. And as I always do, I look, hey, do I have this? If there's any chance, you know. I look, mm-hmm. yes, I did. All right, well, that's surprising, but not really, no. It's, I feel it. And then I said, does uh, Eileen have it? Yeah, she does. Okay. Oh, that's both of us have it. How about Roberta? She have it? Yeah. Uh, and Dallas? Yes, he has it too. Wow. And then I said, How about Eileen's daughter, Sonny? She have it? Yep, there it is. Uh, Evan have it? Yes, sir. And I said, what the hell is it? So I said, All right. I went and got. 50 pictures of people on AIM who didn't have parasites uh, so I could get a clearer picture because parasites screws up every every picture. Anyway, so I had 50 people and I checked them. Out of the 50, excluding the ones I'd already checked, 21 of the 50 had it. So that, I think, roughly comes out to 42%. And I've been checking since then because, you know, I mean, this is 8512, and let's take a look at some 8512 was back on the 28th. Thirty. Right? Yeah, right. That's when you found it, which was a Saturday. It went on the main trays on Monday the 30th. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I've been checking since then, and it's that prevalent. It's you know it was hidden, masked. You couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. Once you can find it, there it is. Hello, and it's just forty-two percent. And I and I expanded it. People from different countries, different areas of the world. Same thing. People have this thing. So what is it? Well, as you said earlier, yes, it is rickettsial. But uh, once again. Everything, not everything today is almost everything. Okay? Um, Let's see. Yeah, not everything is. However, I took a look and said, right, there it is. It is primarily similar to Yersinia pestis. 
So it just went on Monday, and, and so most people who had it seemed to have cleared it. Real quick, you mentioned the very first thing that you felt was, the, or the first thing you mentioned to us was the stomach cramps, and, and, and I guess that's in relation largely to the frequency of Yersinia pestis. But the, the cystic fibrosis component, that also, beyond the respiratory or breathing slash lung issues, that that has a can have a digestive um, impact it, it as well, can. right? It okay. can. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's kind of like they trade places. Yersinia pestis is in the spleen and colon primarily. Okay. But it can be in the lungs. And oh, okay. As, you, you see what I mean? Uh-huh. And as yep. such, when it's in the lungs, it's called the pneumonic form, well, whatever they call um, And it. And it's, it's a bad disease. Okay. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. cystic fibrosis is primarily in the lungs, but it can be in the intestines. So this way, this imbalance had it all covered. Right. Wherever it can be, there is something, and it's strong. And just for punctuation, we threw in B&B, which is the low back and uh, and hip joint, and there you have it. And almost half the people in the world seem to have this hereditarily. Who knew? Go figure. And, you know, it didn't exist until basically a week ago. Isn't that remarkable? Well, it it didn't get uncovered by the master well, until I mean, a week as ago. as far as we knew, it didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Right. It didn't exist. And what I'm getting at is, is simply this. People get old. Their hereditary things become active. And they go to the doctor and say... I don't know what's wrong with my with my stomach or my guts. I mean, you know, just and they'll run a thousand tests and they cannot find hereditary imbalances. Someday that will be done, but not today. And they'll run more tests. And meanwhile, um, there's a problem with the lungs, and they're running tests to see what's wrong. They're taking 
x-rays of the lungs and everything else, and which isn't very good for you, but they don't see, they see congestion, they see this, they see inflammation, but they really can't see what the hell's going on. The inflammation is the result of something. What is the something that results in inflammation? Okay? Uh, they can't see it. And on top of it, they've got, you know, B&B, so then, you know, a guy can't walk. They do a bone scan to make sure, you know, and there you are. And that's, and the hospitals are doing what they feel they have to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not faulting their intention at all. I'm just saying this is a, a remarkable phenomenon. And meanwhile, you know, I've, I've got some people now who are just being released from the hospital because um, they're better. They went in where they, you know, they, like they had cramping and they had problems breathing and they couldn't walk, and they got better. And the hospitals are saying, Listen, well, we were able to help you. It's a good thing you came in. What did they do? They took tests and they're all negative. I don't really think that qualifies as help, but whatever. This is the point. It's, it points out a problem in our world. People are indoctrinated in one direction, and they have to learn. Well, to begin with, they've got to look to themselves, first of all, to see the problem. These problems are identifiable when you really look. And, you know, all I do is help people in their looking and in their in their healing. I help keep them focused on it. There you go. I think that perhaps someday, ideally, with the work that I do will no longer be necessary. Mm-hmm. But I don't know when that's going to happen. Not tomorrow morning. No, I don't, see that. <laughs> don't see that one around the corner. <laughs> no, no, no. But do you see what I mean, though? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's... Um, so anyway, that's eighty-five twelve. It came, it saw, and it was now conquered. People of people on AIM have healed it. So the other forty-two percent of the world that has it, they still have it. Um, the hologram doesn't work quite that way. They still have it. Right, there's no hundredth monkey yet. We've gotten rid of. One monkey, that's not enough. You need a hundred in our, you know, our fable. So, you know, the hundredth monkey theory, you've heard it. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that in the book. Right. Thank you, Mary. That is correct. Um, Which you remember better than I do, which is amazing. (laughs) I just just happened to pick it up a lot. Stephen, just a quick observation here, too, because we always try to remind people how these imbalances are so good at, at layering in, in weak areas because this is the second one that you've um, had personally in the last week that seemed to have a significant impact in, in the uh, you know intestinal or colon area. That was The other one was uh, that uh, 8521 that was similar to the frequency of lupus, um, what, what, arithmetosis? I think that was the one. Yeah, well, and Lewis that one hit you hard. Mm-hmm. Does that? It hit. That was very hard. Yeah. Um, and but it's interesting. 
it's me. And so all this one was unique in that it did not have any component that was similar to Strep rheumaticus propioni. Right. Okay? Now, if you mm-hmm. look at 8521, it did. Right. Okay. That's true. That's true. Okay. okay. Good point. Mm-hmm. So this 8512 was not readily, easily identifiable with me. Okay. I, so I just happened to just look, because I'll glance mm-hmm. and say, yeah, well, you know, my, my stomach feels weird. Mm-hmm. Something's weird. I mean, do I have this? I'm just curious. Because it takes a second for you to see, do I have it or don't I? And when I did, when does I mean have it? Yeah, and, and so on and so on. So until I went, Jesus. Wow, it's like this is so prevalent, and who knew it mm-hmm. never existed before? Now and now, close to half the damn world has it, and it's strong, really strong. And this is not just a game. In, in, in that, I believe that whatever you have hereditarily, ultimately, collectively or individually, end up being, you know, the instrument of your demise. This is what will cause your transition. This is what will kill you. Unless you heal it. You are given the option of healing things, and if you don't, if you don't deal with it, it'll deal with you. Let's put it that way. So, isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to something a little more obvious and this was also on um, three. This is the day later, three twenty-nine. Now this was Sunday. Went on the trays Monday. Right, and it was rickettsial imbalance, um, some of the strep rheumaticus propioni. I knew about it because I had trouble holding my coffee cup, and uh, if I wanted to use my thumb, and it's also similar to polio. So, that was the combination, you know, my thumbs hurt, and I was awake, and I wanted to dance. <laughs> Not really. <clears throat> Not really, but you've heard it before. Mm-hmm. This guy, a friend of mine, said, I have this thing that my feet just want to dance. They're cramping, you know, as we used to dance. Anyway. Well, that's 85.22, and it was in me, and uh, it went on the trays on the 29th, and... For you. For me. But for everyone else, it went on Monday. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay? But it's gone now. So, that brings us... To eighty-five thirty-two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now eighty-five thirty-two um, is Rickettsial, and I see who did I find? Oh, okay, an aim participant. This was found in someone who was having trouble walking. Um, I looked, and it was pretty obvious. 8532 is most similar to B&B. Well, I mean, that's what B&B does to your spine, your hip joint. And uh, it's it's a walking imbalance. There it is. Uh, it's also...
also similar to ulcerans, um, which is interesting and common. Old people have respiratory problems. Old people going to the hospital for a hangnail and get pneumonia. And, uh, you know, we know all these stories, and that's it. Uh, because they all have something hereditary in their lungs. And when it becomes active, the lungs get weak and they're vulnerable. And last, but I don't know how least it could be, it is similar to twee. And twee is trypneumatosis, which is non-pleasurable syphilis, and Western equine encephalitis. So that was 8532. Uh, it is probably present in some people still. I found it in I last looked, it was about three or four, about, no, four people. No, it just went on Tuesday, so. Yeah. And today's Thursday. So mm -hmm. it's still there. But no big deal. It'll be gone by Friday. Okay. People have had it all their lives, but it'll be gone by Friday. Which brings us to 85 42, um, once again, Riquetzio, and 85.42 is, that's eh, pretty strong. Um, first of all, it's most similar to MS. Um, secondly, it's similar to trench fever, which is traditionally either in the feet, as in trench foot, or in the mouth, as in trench mouth, or both. And last, and never least, of course, is it's similar to mycobacterium ulcerans. Boy, that is showing up as a component a lot. I mean, oh, yeah, it has yeah, for a yeah, number yeah, of years, yeah. but more and more. Well, you know, you're talking about TB. Mm -hmm. TB is just everywhere. And... What happens is uh, many, many people have had it often enough that they have that they fight it off pretty effectively. But when you have it hereditarily, when you get weak enough, it just becomes active. That's what happens with hereditary things. They become active. And, of course, if you've got a dozen things that are similar to... Um, mycobacterium ulcerans, any one or all of the dozen will give you problems. Right. So there it is. <clears throat> anyway, that's 8542. Um, that was found on the first. Um, Correct, yesterday. Mm -hmm. Right. It's still, it isn't gone yet. And so that's 8542. Will it be gone in people on AIM by Sunday night, by Sunday morning? No. By Sunday night. I noted it would be gone Sunday. All right. Sunday it will be gone, Sunday evening. That's it. So, if we look at that... Okay, we have 
two left. Sorry, I was a little spacey. Now, one of the two is an absolute skin imbalance. All right, I found it in someone who is complaining about itching. And I looked specifically. First, I looked to see if there was anything there. Nothing was showing. And then I said, okay, is there a hereditary imbalance in the skin? And that was enough to point me in the right direction. And that gave us 85.52, which is similar to three things. First of all, penicilliosis, which is uh, a fungus. Okay, and by the way, 85.52 is a fungal imbalance. Oh, okay. All right. Mm -hmm. So it is a fungus. It's most similar to a fungus, a penicilliosis. Secondly, it is similar to syphilis of the bloodstream. Now, syphilis of the bloodstream is when uh, it's in the bloodstream and it's hot and you can get rashes everywhere and anywhere in your body. And people do. They have rashes anywhere, everywhere. Um, and uh, there it is. That rash doesn't last that long. It's called secondary syphilis. After whatever it is, a month, two months, three months, or something, whatever it may be, it is no longer secondary, and the rash goes away. And historically, people have said, I have a rash. I've had it now for a month. And what is it? Can you help with it? And then the physician will look at it and it'll go away. And the answer is, well, we've managed to deal with it. Well, not really, because secondary goes away and becomes tertiary, which is where is the real damage occurs. But anyway, so it's similar to secondary syphilis in the bloodstream. And lastly, it is similar to... Um, a third fungus, and consequently, there's a fungal imbalance similar to two fungi and syphilis of the bloodstream. Now, that's not what it is. It's what it's similar to in its manifestation. So what's that it, third item, third component? It's a, a coccidioides. It's a fungus. Okay. Similar to it. And... Uh, there it is. Now, that's still present in this person, and I haven't found anyone else so far, just this okay. one person. Yeah, I just, well, you just found it, <clears throat> excuse me, found it, and it went on yesterday. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're almost finished with all this, so if you're falling asleep from it, try <laughs> and hang in there for one more minute, because <laughs> the next one is the last one, uh, and I found it this morning because I was looking for it, because I knew it was there. I knew it was there because my coffee cup was unstable. And so that gave us enough insight to find 8562. 8562 was mainstream, and it was rickettsial. And similar to what? Two diseases. First of all, tularemia. That is in the bladder. 
Now, as a matter of fact, it was kind of the traditional early morning whiz that everyone takes. It didn't work with me. I just couldn't do it. But enough about that. I went and looked, and I found 85.62. It was similar to two imbalances. First of all, tularemia, which is in the bladder, urinary frequency and urgency and blockage. And secondly, streptomaticus and propioni, my particular personal pet. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there it is. I found it this morning. Um after the program, which is pretty soon, I will call up Roberta and she will put it on AIM. And then everybody's going to be up to date. Okay, so that's what I've done. Now, that's a lot. Monumental. What have you done? <laughs> Try, I've, I've tried to keep up with you. How's that? <laughs> all right. No, all I've have... done is create all the planets. What have you done? <laughs> well, I've I've paid attention. I've listened. Um, and I have a question. Um, you mentioned the term inflammation, and I, I've had a couple people have said, you know, that the, the the doctor says they've got a lot of inflammation. What does that mean, Stephen? When when somebody well, says they've been told, means it's it's sore, inflamed. We all know what inflamed means, you know. Uh, if you if you've got a spot in your gum when you <laughs> chew and it's sore, it's inflamed. The question is why. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. If you have uh, a sore thumb and you know it's not strong and it's weak and achy, it's inflamed. The question is why. Everyone in the world knows what inflammation is. Which Everyone, is just, really. It's just, it seems like it's, it's, it's looked at as a diagnosis when all it seems to be is a statement of, of, of symptoms with no idea what's causing well, it. Well, that's a common trick, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's one of my pet peeves. Mm-hmm. I started many, 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 many years ago with my mom when she had these chronic headaches. And I went in with her to the doctor. She asked me to go with her. This is way back in Philadelphia during one of my infrequent periods of speaking with her. Anyway, I went with my mom, and the guy ran all his tests, and then he called her in for a discussion. She went and saying she had a headache. He said, well, we figure out what's wrong with you. And she said, oh, thank God, what? And he said, you have chronic cephalgia. Chronic what? Cephalgia. Okay. Familiar with the term? No, uh-uh. Cephalgia is the Greek word for headache. Oh, <laughs> okay. I'm saying, but I knew that. Yeah. And I said to him, hold on a second there, fraud. I went, and that started it. Mm-hmm. And I took umbrage at my term. Uh, but I took umbrage with him. You know, and it, it comes down to the same old story. They couldn't find a reason for her headaches. Well, the reason I know now was hereditary. Right. I was able at some point to try to help my mom, and her headaches are gone. She's gone, too, so who cares? But um, 
while she was alive, her headaches were gone. They stayed gone. And he couldn't find it because that's that technology is not present in their arsenal as, as of yet. So he couldn't find it. But what annoyed me was he couldn't say, I can't figure it out. He had to say, well, you have cephalgia. Yeah, that's what I said. I said it in English. Why do you tell me what I said and give it to me in Greek? Is this a course in, like, you know, linguistics, or are you a doctor? So it's it's a pet peeve. And right. by the way, I think it's really fair to say I think most MDs, well, many MDs are not like that. They don't do that. But some are. And when you get down to it, a friend of mine, MD named uh, Aaron Dykes, uh, who's an extraordinary physician. We were talking about it, and she said to me, it's very simple. If someone comes to see you, and they have a problem, if you can't figure it out, you have a problem, because if you say, I can't figure out what's wrong with you, why you have your headaches, or why you have your fatigue, or why you have whatever it is, um, they will immediately think that, well, you're just not very good, Doc. And the ones who are polite will say, well, thank you for your effort, your work. I really appreciate it. By the way, you know any MDs who are smarter than you? Well, they don't take kindly to that, Mm -hmm. which is understandable. And so, consequently, you have a mentality that comes that is created where if you go in and say, I'm always tired, Doc, can you figure out? And there's a reason. But if they can't find that reason, they say, well, we know what's wrong with you. You have chronic fatigue syndrome. That's not a diagnosis. It's just no different than saying, I'm tired all the time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> right. What if you went in and said, I have chronic fatigue. Why? Well, that's why you have chronic fatigue. No, 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 no. That's a symptom. Why mm-hmm. do I have it? Anyway, I guess that's beating that uh, enough. <laughs> but okay. it's, it's a personal pet peeve of mine. Understood. Um, Understood. So... That is uh, an answer to the question, which has been forgotten also. Okay. Well, we were just we were just commenting on how inflammation is given as a diagnosis. But yeah, you it's a, inflammation it's a, happens when this inflammation is a very clear indication there's something wrong. Yeah, but but we don't know what it is. We're just going to tell you you got inflammation. Right. <laughs> okay. If you go to a doctor and you have inflammation, it's hurting or whatever, and, you, and he goes. Well, we know what's happening. There's something wrong. Mm-hmm. That's all we can tell you. Something's wrong. Right. Um, you're not going to be satisfied. Hey, I mean, but this is just part of the entire phenomenon. Um, look, the suffix "itis" means acute inflammation. So, if you have acutely inflamed tonsils, what do you have? Acutely inflamed tonsils. You have tonsillitis. Tonsillitis, right. Come on, come on, wake up. Now, (laughs) 
What if you have a, an acutely inflamed appendix? What do you have? Appendicitis. You got it. Okay. Okay. So fine. We covered that. Now, you can go and have it taken out, and that's what they yeah. usually do. Mm-hmm. But then things will just go deeper when there's something wrong. Yeah. That's the rule. You first, when you have something wrong, it first hits you externally, and then it goes deeper and more internally. If you remove the external defense, it begins more internally. <coughs> Excuse me. Let me get some coffee here. Okay. Well, we've just there. got a few we got a few minutes left, Stephen, and I wanted to just um kind of wrap things up here by by mentioning the tenets of EMC Square to people who haven't uh, looked at those or maybe haven't looked at them in some time. They're on our website. On you don't website. mean tenants like renters and tenants, do you? Te- tenants. Tenants. T-E-N-E-T-S. Oh, I know. Tenants. Right. You're being a brat this morning, by the way. Anyway, um, there are, if you go to your facilitator's website and click on, on the left there, there's a navigation bar. It says energetic balancing, and you'll see at the top one of the pages linked is tenets of EMC squared. And, Stephen, I just wanted to um, – let me go back to the page. I wanted to just read one of those because it's, it's something – it's an important topic. It's something that we mentioned earlier in this call. But I had a, a, a very related, I think, uh, quote from uh, Abraham Hicks. I get their little daily affirmations or reminders, and, and one just seemed to fit with that. So this is tenet number seven on self-responsibility. It reads, EMC squared teaches self-responsibility. Self-responsibility means acknowledging that we are the cause of everything in our own lives. Self-responsibility means accepting the power that we truly wield as infinite and eternal beings. Denial of our self-responsibility means giving up that power and becoming victims of our environment. And here is the, the Abraham Hicks quote that I got. I think I got it last week, but I didn't have time to bring it up. And it says, don't let any place that you are standing frighten you. All it is is a byproduct of some energy alignment, which only gives you stronger clarity about what you want. And most importantly, greater sensitivity about whether you're in a receiving mode or locked off of it. That's from Abraham. I just thought that was a... Oh, a, yeah, that's interesting. It takes a lot of thought, but you know... Mm-hmm. The more profound something gets, the less specific it gets, usually. Uh, you know, I, I like things in a little bit simpler language. I think Wayne Dyer, who's a very, very uh, bright guy and a friend of mine, was talking with me about he's learned that in every scenario, the first thing he looks at is to see what the hell he did to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And he said, it, it will be very rare for me to not find something I did as a building block for this problem. Right. And that's why he said even he, Now, Wayne goes from city to city lecturing. You know that. Mm-hmm. Right? And he, he used to go out and run. Well, he was, he was running in unfamiliar territory. So when he would go out and run, if he looked like he was running and getting, heading toward an area... That was a little bit dicey, just not that safe, you know. It's like if you live in L.A. and you start heading toward Compton, you get a feeling, it's not where I should be because I see all these kids hanging out in the corner and like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay. 
whenever he said, whenever he ignored that, he ended up having a problem. Right. When he looked and said, no, there's a problem up ahead there, I'll just run across the other direction or whatever it is. It was always fine. Sure. So he ignored the signs. And he said he can't sit and go blame these people mm-hmm. without blaming himself. Right. And Indeed. that is the only way to live, and I agree. Indeed. All right, sir. Well, that's that'll do it for today. We're right on time to wrap up. Well, consider it a wrap. Okay? <laughs> that's sir. it. That's a wrap. All right, sir. Okay. Thank you so much weekend, for the update. Judy and everybody else, and I'll talk to you next week. Indeed you will. Thanks, everybody, for, for tuning in. Again, you can find those TEDx of EMC Squared on all of our websites and your facilitator site. Just go to the Energetic Balancing section, and you'll see up top a page for those. Lots of other good information. So spend some time there if you haven't done so in a while. And as always, look for the EMC Squared newsletter update that the office sends out every Friday morning. If you're not getting those, let your facilitator know. We'll get you back on the email list. Have a great Thursday, everybody, and a wonderful weekend. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye now.